Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello friends and welcome to the Season 2 Q&A. I'm Hero, the creator of Monstrous Agonies, and I'll be answering your questions with Sophie B, the voice of the understudy. Once again, we were recording in less than perfect conditions, so please interpret this sound quality generously. So these questions are kind of for me, which is exciting. Ooh, do you want me to read them? You can if you want to. Okay. Uh, so, Tagapinta... Fabulous. Also, I know. Uh, and I'm glad you went there first, because I was thinking, am I going to botch that? How else would you say it? I don't, honestly, I don't know. That's I get in my own head about it, though. No, you're going to have to do that one. Yeah, I'm going to do that one. It's fine. Yeah. I'm pointing at a username that is fun. Yeah. Um, if it's not too spoilery, how did the understudy get her position in the radio? Has she been the understudy as long as the presenter has been the presenter, or have there been other understudies before her? And do you want the second half, or...? We'll get to that one we'll after. That. So, yeah. yeah. So, so how long has the understudy been there and how did she get her position? So, this is going to be Sophie's head cannon. This is just <laughs> things that Sophie thinks are cool because I haven't written in the show, so it doesn't count. But I think you are vibrating with excitement at sharing your theory. I just love, I love thinking about the understudy. I, so, I personally don't believe the understudy has been the understudy for as long as the presenter's been the presenter because we know canonically that the presenter has been the presenter for a very long time. <laughs> People's reactions to the Holy Roman Empire joke. Was <laughs> Which is funny to me because like I always just assumed that. But maybe yeah. that's just because I knew you and kind of knew but then people being like, How old is the presenter? Yeah. And I'm like, well, as really old like as that. as old as balls. <laughs> These trees are old. Old as balls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's... Because there's, 131.3 FM mm-hmm. is outside the range of FM radio. It's not possible. And they have already had 
references to things that happened before the invention of radio. Yes. But I think the Holy Roman Empire, you'd have to know when, like, what the FM frequency was and when radio was invented to know either of those things. Yeah. Whereas Holy Roman Empire, you go, Holy what? <laughs> I, uh, pardon me. A schools? <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, so I personally don't believe the understudy has been the understudy for as long as the presenter's been the presenter. I think that there weren't other understudies before the understudy, however. I think the understudy was brought in as a much-needed desperate measure because things keep happening and the presenter <clears> is the sort of being who would just be like, no, I'm just going to keep on going. I'm just going to muscle I'm through. Just, gonna just happen and radio is yeah. life and I'm going to keep going and this is me. And then the station, mm. not the station manager, because I don't no. know, but the station. There was a station manager before Mab. But he died. Yes. And the presenter never replaced him. Yes. Because they were like, I can do it myself. Yeah. No worries. Well, then maybe, okay, I'm adapting on the way, I'm adapting on the way. I think that station manager hired the understudy, Mm -hmm. and that's part of why the presenter never replaced him, because of uppity ideas like that. (laughs) (laughs) Bringing in someone else. ideas of of the station. Yeah. So... um, I like the idea that that I always think of the station as station because I really like ancillary justice in the Imperial Rapture mm-hmm. books and they talk about station as like the space station that they, they live on in the later books um, as station and like an ship, entity in and, and know, itself yeah um, and so I definitely think of station as and I, I like the idea that station had a hand in that and I, and I think the way that the understudy got the position as the understudy was so my personal headcanon for the genus of the understudy, which we've talked about before, is wine ant. <laughs> that's um, A-N-T. That's A-N-T. Yeah. Uh, and again, this doesn't mean that anyone who's drawn fan art, I'm not, you know, you can draw the understudy, whatever genus he like, people have come up with so yes. many cool creative ideas. But for me, she is a wine ant, mm-hmm. um, so which means she is a big ant person that loves to drink wine yeah. and wear fabulous clothes and have baths. Mm. And I think she got the position because this is how I ended up with my cat. Not me personally, but my cousin who I live with got really, really, really high oh. and then woke up the next day with a bunch of notification emails that he'd applied to various cat shelters, oh. which he hadn't been intending to do oh. up until that night, and apparently. That's how got special and that's how we got Dale Special Agent Dale Cooper was one of the cats that he applied for because he woke up thought, oh god and then thought about it a bit more and was like no I really want a cat so I think the understudy got (laughs) really really drunk one night and then woke up the next day with a notification to say your application's been submitted and I think it just said your application's been submitted and she didn't actually know what her application had been submitted for. Excellent. Um, and then she just got another notification saying approved. Oh brilliant. And then uh, one day several weeks later the radio equipment was there. Yes. And that was it. And that was it. Off and the that's races. Been them. Uh, that's been her ever since. Well, that's it's been her just, ever since. Just uh, randomly appearing radio equipment. Yep. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Excellent idea. If anybody else has any other ideas, do send them in. Please send them in. I'll write some fan fiction. That would be lovely. That'd be really dope. So I'm going to read this one because it's kind of for you. Okay. Um, Tagapinter also asks if the presenter and Mab mm. are allowed... To decorate the studio, does does station allow itself to be mm. decorated? And if so, then does the station have a favourite way for itself Aww. to be decorated? Is that something that is allowed? 
food? Is there things tacked up on the walls? I think Station loves to be decorated. Mm -hmm. I think it makes Station feel special and loved. And I think think the very few little bits of Station acting as a semi-sentient thing with opinions and things clearly extremely affectionate towards yeah. the presenter and Mav. Yeah. And and likes them and ships them. <laughs> <laughs> like I love the idea of Mab coming in one day and hanging a bunch of frames on the walls, mm. then coming in the next day and several of them have fallen down. Yes. Some of them are still up. Some of them are still up. Some of them have come down. She's like, oh, I see. All right. You weren't into that one. I'll get something else in that space. Yes. And I think she's better at doing that than the presenter. Because I think the presenter is probably a bit like, well, I don't know. Actually, no. Mm. I think they both, because one of my favorite jokes that kept coming up that I didn't mean to keep coming up was that they, them being rude about people's furniture. And so you've got you've got a reference to Mab's hideous chaise long that she bought in, mm-hmm. in Florence, I think. And you've got like the very specific example of not losing a friendship over arguing over who gets to keep the seventeenth century Dutch oak armoire. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's another one. Oh, there's something about like you know maybe you just agree not to make personal comments about each other's <laughs> decorating yeah. choices. So I think actually like. I it's think, very when Harry met Sally wagon wheel table. I will never want. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I will never want that wagon wheel coffee table. Um, yeah, so I think that they they have very strong aesthetics and also like appreciate aesthetics in a way that like I don't. Yes, you know, like I I would like to live in a really lovely looking house. I haven't really got the attention span all the interest in really really committing to that mm-hmm. um and doing what you have to do to have a beautiful home whereas i think that they probably do both yeah. of them mm-hmm. but their aesthetics are quite different <laughs> and i think station gets to pick and choose the best bits of each. the best bits of each and, and i like the idea of station station as a place becoming a a place that looks like so one of the things that drives me wild is when you look at somebody's home and like you have no idea Anyone could live there. There's no personality. It's just straight out of the box. And it's it's not it's not when it's like I don't even have money. It's when they've really gone to the effort of decorating it in the most boring, inoffensive way possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like our house. It does it does not look like people who have had a lot of money to invest. But it's really clearly ours. We've got like Star Wars Lego up. We've got a framed painting of Carrie Fisher dressed as the Virgin Mary giving you the finger <laughs> yeah. um, we've got you know pictures and postcards and things and like you know our the bits of furniture that we own are very us I think and we've got a knitted M&M cushion cover um, that my mum made for me and all yeah. these kinds of things and I think that I think the space becomes more real and more like you know in when when you talk about like thresholds in magic, one of the really sort of I'm, I don't I'm not a witch I don't do any of that kind of stuff but I um, follow a lot of witchy blogs for the monstrous agonies Tumblr of course so I've learned quite a lot um, but they the this idea of like your threshold becomes stronger and more able to protect you and look after you mm-hmm. when you really occupy a space 
you know, intentionally and really sort of thoughtfully. And it's a, it's a good space for you to be in. Um, and it's a real home and a hearth and that kind of thing. Um, and I really like the idea. I don't think it's probably there yet because they're still a bit. Yeah. I like the idea of station perhaps eventually becoming just a, a place that is realer than other places because it's full of people who love it and, and who love each other and, and want who to love be each other. That. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And there was a tiny little extra part on Tobinder's question here, which oh. was, how many goblin shark plushies does the understudy currently have? Again, you are allowed your own personal headcanons about this. But um, do you know about the flanderization effect? No. Okay, so the flanderization effect is to do with when a character has a quirk. And it's something that's mildly brought up and is part of their... The Alistair Cheese, Dragon Age. Yes. The yeah. longer something goes on, yeah. the more it becomes the only thing that character is known for or does mm. to the detriment of any other character development. So obviously Flanders is like the, the Heidi Ho, the kind of like that yeah. sort of thing. and Or like um, Leslie on Parks and Rec mentioning liking waffles She's once. She's the blonde one. Mentioning liking waffles once very early on until the point where they get so far in the show that every scene to do with her has some mention to her loving waffles right. and things like this. Um, and I'm, I'm worried, here, listener, <laughs> that goblin sharks are going to be the understudy's flanderization effect. And I don't want that to happen. Okay. But I am aware I have no control over it, so mm. that's fine. Um, I don't believe that, for me, the understudy doesn't really own plushies. Um, I think what the understudy would do with her love of goblin sharks would be she would commission a oil painting of a very dramatic scene involving goblin sharks playing croquet or sword fighting, wearing a lot of ruffles and lace and things like this. Yes. um, And would hang it in her bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, perhaps not goblin shark merch. Just extremely weird goblin shark things. Yeah. Or she will have found a little goblin shark statuette somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that is now in her possession in her home. Mm. But plushies, not not so much. Not so much. Not so much. She's got a thorax. <laughs> she doesn't need a plushie. She's got a thorax, yeah. 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 In my personal headcanon. Yeah. I think she's got 500. There you go. There you go. Lolgy Marlolgy. Oh, is that what you're going for? Lolg malolg. Lolg malolg. Lolg malolg. L-O-L-G, ma. L-O-L-G. <laughs> Lolg malolg did nothing wrong. Asks. Suddenly it all falls into place that that's a username and not just <laughs> noises you're making. <laughs> yeah, it's a username. Yeah. Season 2 Q&A. Supplemental. Lolg malolg. Lolg malolg did nothing wrong. What's what's your what's your name about, honey? What, what does it mean? Please. We, we tried googling it, and all we found was your blog. Good job on a unique name. <laughs> log my log blog. Log my log blog. Blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. Do you, uh, it's a rest of development joke. You don't know about pop culture. Blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. Saw blog. I don't know why you're doing this at me. Blah blah blah. Saw blog. Stop. The username that did nothing wrong. Lol asks, what kind of bones would the presenter and the understudy collect? <sighs> Native bird skulls. Natural causes for the the presenter. Mm-hmm. And um uh, human. 
Yeah, for the understudy. Yeah. It's really the only... It is human. Like, yeah. No, it's, it's human. It's that human. Was, yeah, it's it's human absolutely bones. human, isn't it? It's human bones acquired in ways. Ethically. <laughs> like, not weird, weird bad ethics, because there's actual people who collect human bones... And and it's incredibly fucked up. Yeah, there was um there was a period in my very early twenties when I really wanted a human spine, mm-hmm. like I really really wanted one. Uh-huh. And I got so far as like researching how you can legally and non badly buy them, and mm-hmm. then kind of realised that's not a thing that can no. happen. No, you can't actually buy other people's body parts. No, and it'd be fine. No. Because even if people are like, it's fine, this person consented. It's like, I don't know how don't to, know. that's no way to verify, verify that. that. And um, yeah, so it came very, very close. And then several very lovely friends of mine were like, Sophie, you, you can't do this. Yeah. And I went, no, you're right. I can't do this. Friends don't let friends commit microaggressions or and steal. Micro is kind of generous. Well, to- <laughs> because the phrase yeah. is friends who don't let friends commit microaggressions. Yes. But friends don't let friends... Steel steel bones. bones from people, but monstrous agonies isn't real. No, and, and also the understudy is whatever genus yeah. she is. Why not? Why not? Um, uh-huh. And so, yeah, it's human. It's human. She absolutely has a skull goblet. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and then she drinks out of it because skulls have lots of holes in them. They Not do. very good for holding alcohol. Also, you have a lot of feelings about the kind of glasses. It's okay to drink different kinds of wine out I of. I do. Um, so but that's me. I'm not the understudy. I know, but you are. You are a bit. Yeah. You're more the understudy than I am the presenter, and I have only just, in the course of this Q and A, realised how much I'm the presenter. Yeah, which I, I did tell you last. Q&A. I literally, I literally, and you I, were like, nah. But. No, no, it's not that. It was the. F-ing, this is so stupid that I genuinely didn't see this. Of like, oh, the presenter never takes time off when they're sick. I never. I did, did genuinely didn't make that connection. Yeah. Presenters really good at giving out advice, but can't take their own. Anyway, Log Blog did nothing wrong. Asked the bone question, and um, also asks, "What genus would the different voice actors on the show be in universe?" Now you have collated answers from your yes. myriad cast of wonderful yes. colleagues and friends. So the only people who didn't get back to me in time was Jonathan Tilly and May Tudick. May writes uh, Murray Mysteries, which is the um, if you have if you have signed up for Dracula Daily and have not yet listened to Murray Mysteries, you're really missing out because it's a, a modern retelling of Dracula. May writes it and Jonathan plays Drac. And Jonathan also played Drac in the call-in that May wrote. Yes. So so I haven't heard back from them. But I think you should uh you should go through the list of your pals here. <laughs> so Matty O.K. Smith said Changeling because autism. Excellent. Yeah, nice direct to the point. That's, straight, that's, that's the shortest answer he was. He was the only one who just answered. Yeah. Um, Naomi first said, uh, I want to be a selkie, but just more feral and more teeth. I am a water baby, but from Scotland and covered in blubber. And I draw men to their watery graves. It's that I'm from water and I drag people under the water to their death in a sexy way. And then the next day texted me saying, can I change my answer to feral swamp girl? And I was like, oh, also wet and sexy in a bitey sort of way. And she said, maybe bog instead of swamp, but yes. So, so feral bog girl was the, yes. the ending. Wet, wet sexy. sexy, death causing. Teeth. Perfect. William, uh, off of Hello from the Hallowoods, 
excellent podcast, 10 out of 10, do recommend, um, said, I'd probably be a decrepit wizard with a crown that sustains and alters me in terrible ways through the ages. Or a happy crab folk. But the great thing, uh, William, about being a decrepit wizard, though, the crown that sustains and alters you in terrible ways throughout the ages, is that, as we all know, eventually, the last stage of any evolution is crab. crab. So you can be the wizard, and eventually, mm. you'll become the happy crab folk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. become the happy crab folk that you want to you see, want in, the to see in the world. Uh, and Dom from the Mystery Museum of Mystery, Morbidity and Mortality. And I thought it was hard-fitting monstrous agonies onto things. <laughs> My God, Dom. Uh, so they said, my first thought... <laughs> this really makes me laugh. My first thought is a griffin, because they're supposed to be wise and mighty, but they're cat birds, so you know they're dumb as hell. <laughs> My partner reckons I'm a knuckle I think I'm saying that right. Um, or a dryad. I had to look up Nakalavi. I didn't know what it was. Me, I don't know what it is. So it's a, a like horse demon from oh, the I, I, I st- I've stopped wanting to know what it was because you are scared, scared of horses. Of horses. Like a yeah, baby. Well, uh, anyway, it's really extremely exciting and very very cool. Um, my partner reckons I'm a Nakalavi or a dryad. Honestly, not sure if there's an explanation. I think the Nakalavi is just because the most recent Mist Home preview mentions them and they're on their mind. Dryad, because I like the environment, and I don't like people. (laughs) I think that's very sound logic. Excellent, excellent. And uh, Liz, who plays Mab, gave exactly what you would think someone someone who plays Mab would say. So Liz said, Methinks I would be a hive mind kind of creature, as it's a running joke in a couple of circles I'm in that I'm everywhere at once, so if there was some way to stretch that to work... Laughing, crying emoji. She goes on to say, maybe like a creepy but saucy eldritch lady that happens to control a hive mind to do her bidding. And by that, I mean tend to her many houseplants and provide backing music when she walks anywhere. That's the ultimate. (laughs) That's the ultimate. Such a good answer. Yeah. Because I think we did us last season. So we did us last season. Do you, have you changed since last season? Would you be something else? I just want to be a hobbit, man. Yeah. But I want to be a hobbit in Middle Earth, in the Shire. But also be gay and Edwardian. I want to be a gay Edwardian punk hobbit. Mm. I want to be a punk rock homosexual Edwardian hobbit who lives in the Shire, but also solves crimes. But not like Midsummer Murders crimes. I want to solve like... Little crimes. Big crimes. No, I want to solve murders. Oh, okay. Yeah. You do know that they do solve murders in Midsummer Murders. It's right there. Yeah, but they're the always name. pants. Yes, they're yeah. always pants for ri- ridiculously small reasons. Yeah. You want to do fun big crimes. Yeah, yeah. I want to be like oh, gumption and pizzazz. Gumption and pizzazz. I, I want to be like oh, he got turned inside out. Yeah, he's got he's he's got no eyeballs, has he? Uh, he's got too many eyeballs, hasn't he? Well, maybe you'll get to do that very soon. Oh. Maybe, maybe something will be on the horizon. Where, yeah, hello, yeah. gay Edwardian crime solver. Yeah. Imagine. Imagine that. Mm. Moving on. Oh, you don't want to ask me if I've changed my answer? No, I don't care. Go on. Go on. Is it ghost? It's not ghost. Oh. Be a jellical cat. (laughs) 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 No, but genuinely, I would be. We've now... I I have now facilitated making jellical cats a cat genius. No, you haven't. You haven't. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, you fucking haven't. What you have done is spread the seed of doubt as to whether or not 
the Jellicoe cat is a genus, or if it's a conspiracy theory, which is much weirder in a world where Nessie exists <laughs> and has an Instagram. They've got to get their conspiracy kick somehow. This actually ties in with a question from Toblerones. Toblerones. Who asked if there are any liminal geniuses which you would never feature on Monstrous Agonies. Jellicoe cats. Jellicoe cats, even though we already have, so... yeah. yeah. Jellicle cats, I have never... I just want to be really, really clear here. No cat's reference in Monstrous Agonies is ever there because I have willed it to be there. (laughs) It is all Sophie ad-libbing and just being Sophie. There is a serious answer to that question as well, um, which is that, yes, there are, and there are things that are in closed traditions that I'm not going to touch because it would be incredibly disrespectful to. There are things that... I don't mind having them on the show, but I probably shouldn't write them, you yes. know? Yeah. Where it's like, look, if it's a submission, like, first of all, you never have to tell me your identity in order to justify you writing something. No, so, of course. Like, to be clear, like, um, but there are things that I'm just like, you know what? It's not actually, I'm not going to write the Golem story, do you know? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. I'm not Jewish. That's that's really quite a specific thing and means a very specific thing in a specific tradition that isn't mine. And there's a reason why a lot of Monstrous Agonies refers back to British and Irish folklore. Yeah, and you don't want to do a she who must not be named with her American schools of witchcraft. Oh, with exactly, yeah. You don't want to do that. And you don't want to write the racist truck episode. What? Supernatural had a racist truck episode. Of course they did. It was very early on. You'll have seen it. I cannot emphasize enough how much supernatural I've blacked from my brain. Yeah, that's fair. The only lingering remnant is a mild obsession with the idea of butch lesbian Dean Winchester. Yeah, I know. I just think she would have a lot of feelings. She'd have a lot, and she might have had a better life. Eh. Eh. So now we have a special segment for the Q&A, which we've never done before. Mm. Uh, we have only done this once. We have before. only done this once before, but we're going to start doing it now. Um, and this is the rapid fire rapid round. Fire. Um, that was amazing. Good job, us. We sounded mm. so good. So good. Um, so all of these have come from Alex. Hi, so Alex. thank you to Alex. So the way we're going to do this because you do like to lengthily answer a question. Yes, but I'm not going to. But you're not going to. This I'm is the rapid focused. fire round, I and have I will focus, and I'm going to cut you off. If you keep, if you start rambling, okay. we're just going to go to the next question. So we've got, we've got sixteen questions to get through here. Thanks, Alex. Here we go. And first of all, how are you, hero? Great. And how are you, Sophie? I'm great. Did we remember to drink water today? Yes. yes. <laughs> Second question: How do you choose the clips before and after the show? I listen to a big chunk of the static that I recorded. I record 10 minutes of static at a time or more, depending on how much I hate my neighbours that week. And I go through and I cobble them together into something that I think is rhythmically satisfying or a bit funny. Amazing answer. Since we know that the presenter doesn't like the outdoors and hiking, what activities do they like? The presenter doesn't like camping, thinks camping is stupid, thinks sleeping outdoors when you don't have to is stupid. I think they like walking and rambling and hiking, actually. Mm -hmm. So that's my answer. Do they play any sport? No. Also because I would have to confirm a kind of body. Body for certain sports. For certain sports, because like the only sport I ever play is rugby. I don't think you can play rugby if you're a nebulous cloud. Potentially. Stop. Does the understudy play sport? Absolutely not. (laughs) Does Matt play sport? Roller derby. Amazing. Let's go. Is 5D chess with multiverse and time travel an actual sport in the Montrous Agony universe? I'm asking because time travel and different dimensions are real there and chess is a sport in ours. So... Yes. 
Hi, hello. What the heck is going on with the brainworms? Oh, that was just made me laugh. I just, yeah, I mean... That's I'm enough, you're done. If you had to choose just one, <laughs> what animal from Avatar The Last Airbender would you like to have in the Monstrous Agonies universe? There is an episode where they go to the swamp and the camera pans down through the trees and you see a little fat bird on a twig and it goes... <laughs> that one. Also, this question had a 6.5 addendum, which was, Hero, do you know what Atler is? I trust that Sophie is a proper human being that watched the show or at least knows I of consume it. media. <laughs> I'm a human being who consumes media all the time. You are pop-culturally challenged. I grew up pop-culture adjacent. Yes. Uh, Question seven is, is the presenter a cat or a dog person? Cat. Mab? Both. The understudy? Dog. Yeah, well, like, she's not you, is she? Yeah, but she loves the jellicles. She loves the jellicle cats. That doesn't mean that... She doesn't love the pollicles. I think what there's... Dogs and cats. There's dogs and cats. Did you know that originally it was going to be I'm cats not and dogs? <laughs> <laughs> um, question eight. How is the Banshee from episode 13? Is she okay? I hope she's okay. I think a lot of people want to know about this. Make it up. Whatever you think. Question nine. If the presenter and Mav have a movie date, what is the genre of film they're going to watch? Mm. Rom-com. Because mm. Mav's going to pick. I would say documentary. No, I think that's what the presenter would pick. Mm. And I think Mav would refuse to go... I think the presenter, my mum once told me about a movie that she saw that was literally, there was no dialogue for the first like half an hour. And then it was about like people like burning charcoal in the north of Spain or something. Uh, And I think the presenter wants to see that. And I think the Mab wants to go and see when Harry met Sally. Question 10. Is the, oh, oh, this is a bit heavy. Bit heavy. Bit heavy. Is the climate change situation at least a little bit better in the monstrous agony universe since they have so many different people that need diverse environments because of the needs of their genus, etc.? Absolutely not, because we already live in a world completely full of things that need lots of different environments. And also because the fact that it affects people hasn't stopped anybody so far. Yeah, we're going to have to stop you there, even though I know you have lots of feelings on this. Question 11. I can feel the soapbox rising up underneath my feet. Yeah, no. Unfortunately, it's exactly the same. Stop talking. I'm I'm stopping you to stop. Question 11. Has the presenter already gone to the wedding of the car ghost and Josh from episode 35, or do they still have a chance to ask Mab to be their plus one? Make it up. You decide. I think we should put the wedding in season three. Live broadcast from the wedding. Think what you want, Sophie. Thank you. So question 12, is there a 99% invisible segment on the Nightfoat Network? Stories about supernatural design would be awesome, maybe 100% invisible. Now, my dear, dear Alex, I um, saw a little comment on this question from Hero being like, I have absolutely no idea what this means. I, I think something's gotten lost in translation sending these questions to us. This. And they didn't initially tell me what the question actually said. So then I read it and was like, well, they're talking about 99% Invisible with Which Roman I've never Mars. heard of because I've never heard of anything. Because Hero doesn't listen to podcasts. I listen to some podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, so here I named them all in this. <laughs> um, Alex, I think 100% Invisible is an amazing name for the Monstrous Agonies equivalent of 99% Invisible. I will do my utmost to make sure that that gets onto season three at some point. Because okay. it's really, really good. Okay. So yes is the answer. Absolutely yes. Question 13. What happens if someone in-universe makes a spelling mistake in their letter? Does the presenter read it with that mistake? Or do they correct it to how it was supposed mm-hmm. to be? It's how it's supposed to be. Because... There's no way that you could write all of the intonation into a letter. So the presenter is absolutely reading the intention of the letter. Mm-hmm. So they, they correct it. That makes sense. In episode 21, the presenter said they would like to be more well-traveled. What is the presenter's dream destination? 
Uh, so the presenter said that they are not as well travelled as they would like because they haven't spent much time on the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> I think the presenter is incredibly well travelled, and I think it goes all over everywhere. I think yeah. You know, when what? When do they have time to do this? I don't this? flipping know. Oh, okay. yeah. Make it up. Come up with it yourself. The presenter stop making station. me write. Stop, <laughs> stop making me write my own podcast. <laughs> Um, what's Mab's dream destination? Hmm. Iceland. The supermarket. <laughs> and the understudies. Iceland. The place. <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Question 15 is, what is your favourite line or favourite quote from the second season? And Alex has provided hers, which is, they got her to teach me what she knew, and I took to it like a duck to violence. Um, <laughs> want more bones? <laughs> My favourite, actually my favourite bit of that is if the answer to any of these questions is yes. Why? <laughs> yeah, that's a really good one. Oh, you do, you are very good, aren't you? That wasn't me, that was art. No, I know, but like just your, your intonation, oh, your, your voices, your oh. delivery is just really, really good. Yeah, I did that in one take. <laughs> Amazing. I have already released the five minute I looper. Yes. Of you having a little, little laugh. Okay, so... I kind of lied because this isn't actually a question, oh. but I think it's very lovely. Oh. And I think it deserves to be told so to you. Make me blush. It's going to make you blush like anything. So this is just something to wrap up the rapid fire round and just cool us down and let us have a bit of a breathing moment wrap before before we um head on head on over to the to the final segment. Um, the final segment. <laughs> Rapid fire, come on. It's not rapid fire, I told you. Oh. This is the cool down. This is you're going, you've been in the rave and now you're in the ambient room. Okay. Yeah. I'm this person who's been to a rave. Yeah. Um, Alex writes, Hero, do you even know how much joy this show brings? I don't really have a word to fully express myself, not in English, not in my native language. I love your voice, it's very calming and reassuring. I love the way Montrose Agonies makes me laugh, even if I get some weird looks on a tram. <laughs> I love it when it hits me right in the feels, making me tear up. I love the way you interact with us. The fact we can write to you with our ideas and later on we can hear them in an episode makes me feel part of the creature community. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I know now. You do know. 
Um, honestly, like to oh god, I feel I hate sincerity, but um, good job you don't write a podcast about being sincere, being incredibly and, sincere, and, and, and not discussing your emotions with people. Please. Yeah, no, I do know. Uh, because people tell me and it's wonderful and it's really, 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 really nice. And literally everything from like, like if you reblog something and put a little tag being like, Oh, this episode made me cry or something. Or if you sit there and work at, work away at this big fan art or something, like it really doesn't matter what it is or if you leave a comment or something. I, people tell me how they feel about it and that means the world to me and thank you everyone who has told me nice things about my little show uh, and my little show that we make together because it is so submissions based and, yeah, and that's community it. Like, based for so much of the emotion that you feel listening to monstrous agonies and so much of the the community part you feel that comes from the community like yes hero is the conduit who is writing and putting all the stuff together but as we've already discussed, like most of the letters this season came from you guys and the yeah. adverts and the 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 plot. And like so many of the, I mean, the one that sticks out in my mind is the, there was the uh, asexual aromantic couple mm. who, um, one of them was a vampire and, and realized that feeding could be considered sexy. Yes. Right. And so I had never explicitly written a character using those words about themselves before, but somebody made a submission where they did. And that was something that, that, that the audience has really, 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 really valued of this like very explicit representation of identities that are not very explicitly represented. And like, I didn't do that. <laughs> like, yeah, that wasn't me. That was people writing in going, oh, this is going to be a safe space for me to tell my story with the language that I wanted to, to use. Mm -hmm. And it was, and they were right about that. And yeah, and that's, that's beautiful. So it's not just me. It's not just me show. It's you show. It's you show. It's <laughs> okay. Let's do something silly because I'm feeling uncomfortably emotional. Radical, reliable randomness. Urgh, triple threat. <laughs> Asks. <laughs> What is the easiest and most efficient way to kill the CEO? Ooh. Make it up. <laughs> what? Yeah, make yeah. it up. Think about it in your brain and come up with a good answer. Also, I mean, ugh. Are you going to have to do a Quaker thing now? No, no, God, no. no fuck him. Um, <laughs> I'm just having feelings about how incredibly well Dom did and how funny it is that their character in Mist Home is the sweetest mm -hmm. and just mm -hmm. an absolute dough and it's just so that like, so many people so many people heard like, that episode were like it's my friend <laughs> it's my friend from podcasts and then or oh, oh, not my friend not from my podcast. friend my enemy from podcasts <laughs> yeah but yeah there are probably lots of easy and efficient ways to I think you probably just drop a, drop a brick on them just drop a brick raving cactus asks who are the dream <laughs> podcast guests and why is one of them Cecil Baldwin? One of them isn't Cecil Baldwin. Well, for Raven Cactus it clearly is. Yeah. But it um, wouldn't be for you. It wouldn't be for me because I stopped listening to Welcome to Night Vale a really long time ago. And while this sounds insane to say, as a spooky radio gay podcaster, Night Vale isn't actually much of a direct influence on me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not really a Night Vale fan. Um, not in a bad way. I just didn't ever really get into it. Yeah. So actually, I think Magnus Archives were more 
the big boys who made me go Jonathan John Bon Jovi Sims. Yeah. I don't think I could have Jonathan John John Bobby Sims because I would not be able to call him anything except Jonathan John John Bobby Sims. And he might hear you calling him Jonathan John John Bobby Sims. might feel it's a bit weird that this person who's never met has given him such an elaborate name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I think other pocket, uh, Werner Herzog, Jack Black, and uh, my mum. Oh, I know. would be so good. So cute. Oh, I want your mum to be on podcast. Yeah, so those those are my, my your dream podcast, my dream guests. podcast guests. Avatar of the Lonely's World. I'm assuming that's a Magnus Archives. That the Lonely's a thing, right? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 Oh. The Avatar of the Lonely. So Avatar asks, does Monstrous Agonies have a specific amount of episodes you want to make, or will it continue until you don't want to do it anymore? And we have a very definite answer for that, don't I'm we? A very definite answer to that, and this is a bit of an announcement that I feel. I should probably do a proper announcement on the social medias. Um, yes, there is a definite answer to that. Monstrous Agonies Season 3 will be the last season of Monstrous Agonies. And actually, your bit about, like, are you going to stop doing it when you just don't want to do it anymore? Yeah, I don't... I you don't want I to don't, do it after Season 3? I can't imagine being as excited about it indefinitely. I think even from Season 1 you knew that this wasn't going to be a forever podcast. No. It was something that was fun for you to do, that you really enjoyed, but you knew that that enjoyment and that fun, that spontaneity, and also, you know, you're going to get to the point where you're repeating yourself. We've already had two werewolf boyfriends who were scared of the Hoover. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Which is adorable and fun to hear oh, every time. But, but then but yeah. you don't want to be season 10 and it's all werewolf boyfriends yeah. who are scared of the and Hoover. It's, and it's also, it's also because... I think three is is a nice amount of story. We've yes. got, you know, most of season one didn't have any story in. Season two had a bit more, like like a fair bit more. And then I think we can finish that story in a season quite happily in a way that is in keeping with the, the, the vibes of the show and everything. Because I think the other thing is that, actually, to talk about uh, the Magnus Archives for a minute, one of the things that the Magnus Archives did incredibly well and it was only able to do it because they knew when they started that it was five seasons and they knew how that story was going to go is that when it when when it jumped from you are listening to the recordings of John Sims to now you're listening to things that aren't part of that recording aren't part of him reading statements and you're like oh what so the the tape recorder just turned itself on and there's an incredibly good reason for yes. that to have yeah. happened yeah and which they knew from the moment exactly. they were doing it exactly. rather than retroactively being like and this happened because of this because you can tell and even even though that would have been fine because it worked within context you can always tell when a writer has come up with something retroactively versus yeah. when it's been the intentional yeah, yeah, yeah. along exactly and it's coming up off the fly uh, on the fly and like Monstrous Agonies takes place within about a 15-20 minute slot at two in the morning on a Thursday, like in a radio studio. I didn't want to get to a point where it was going to sort of jump the shark and, and become about anything that wasn't that. But that's an incredibly limited format. Um, and I picked a very, very, very limited format and a very limited structure on purpose because it was my first ever podcast and I didn't know anything about sound engineering or writing or mm-hmm. marketing or anything and so what didn't want to buy it off more than i could chew but i got bigger teeth now yeah. i can chew more you can chew more and you're going to be chewing more i'm going to be chewing more, which we won't necessarily talk about right now no. but this is just to say to those people who may have heard 
monstrous agonies will be ending after season three and start wailing and gnashing their teeth and deciding to wear black for a full year. That would be extremely dope if you please. It would be really cool, but also this isn't to say Hero isn't making any more. I will make other podcasts. You'll make other I have. I have. You have ideas. Planned. Yes. Um, One of them is much bigger than the other, but I'm not going anywhere. I love podcasts. They're amazing. But yeah, so all sorts of reasons because it just. I just couldn't, I couldn't imagine it still being as fun. Or, like, obviously, like, it's a bit of a tongue-in-cheek running joke that most of the advice is, talk about it. (laughs) Listener, have you tried (laughs) accessing your emotions? (laughs) Have you tried talking to a librarian about that? Why don't you go to therapy? Yeah, and I think that that would get more noticeable in the fourth season or the fifth season or the eighth season you know and I don't think I would enjoy doing it I haven't really got the attention span to keep doing it anyway so So, there we go yep so season three last season is going to be amazing so we've kind of come to the end of the questions about monstrous agonies we have a few extra little questions here that are just fun 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 ways to tie up the the end of the thing and so obviously as you said podcasts are amazing yeah hero (gasps) Ella would love to know, um, what's your current favourite podcast outside of your own show? Mmm, I love my own show. Yeah, and you famously <clears throat> love listening to podcasts. I don't, I really like listening to podcasts. I just never do it, because it's really hard for me to sit in one place and and do anything. Yeah. I've been listening to The Amelia Project a lot. Um, I'm not all the way caught up, and so season four just recently ended and apparently is extremely emotional mm-hmm. and i was sitting on twitter as everyone was like <laughs> oh my god just gearing up for yeah. it and i had just finished season two and i was like i'm so happy for you all i'm not a little jealous <laughs> um so i've been listening to the amelia project and uh, like you know it, it, it was a joke to say that all of the podcasts that we had guests from were amazing no, they, 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 no, they are they really really are amazing i think they're all so good. Uh, they're so well done, and they are among the few that I actually regularly actually li- listen I actually to. Make, listen to. make that effort and listen yeah. to and enjoy when you do. Yeah, it's funny because you obviously it's funny you. I listen to so many more non-fiction podcasts than you do. I don't listen to any non exactly, um, but I, I listen. I forget to, the things. Yes, <laughs> and it's funny because obviously you listen to all these wonderful rich worlds, and then I listen to um, my favourite one is um, the Every Outfit Pod which is based off the Every Outfit on Sex in the City Instagram account, uh-huh. where they, it's two amazing women, I love them so much, Chelsea and Lauren, and they um, just talk about fashion that they love, and obviously they don't always talk about Sex in the City, um, so they do little little updates on uh-huh. just like fashion world, celebrity goings-on, things happening in their yeah. lives. I don't um, ever want to hear about a goings-on. Yeah. And um, they, they also have a segment at the end of the podcast called Kardashaholics Anonymous. Oh, Christ. It's great. It's so good. I love oh. listening to it. <laughs> good grief. Yeah. Well, I don't listen to that. You don't? I don't. I listen to audiobooks. Yeah, you do. You that's, listen to audiobooks That's my main thing. I'm listening to the audiobook of uh, Lord of the Rings at the minute, and it is not making me cry as much as the movies. The last time I watched The Fellowship, I was crying before they left the Shire. Um, and just kept going. And it just kept going. I just kept going. I cried so hard. <laughs> it was so much. Um, and if I think about Hobbits too much, I will burst into tears. But I, I tend to listen to a lot of... I do listen to, like, technically audio fiction, but it's audio books rather than audio dramas. Yeah, it's read by Andy Circus, And he says all the dwarves' names wrong. And I'm fine with that. It doesn't annoy it me It doesn't annoy me. 
So Art has two questions for our little random segment here. Woo. They want to know, what's your favourite bone? Brackets, human. Femur. Why? Big. It's oh. big, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's a real bone-looking bone. Yeah. You know? So yeah, not, like that the classic bone. Yeah, you're not messing about. It's just... Mm-hmm. I think the tibia-fibia situation, excellent. Yeah. Great work. 10 out of 10. Um... Find the kneecap a little uppity. Oh, I just... I, kneecaps make me nervous. Uh, yeah, right. No, I know exactly what you mean. I was going to make fun of you, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, just strap yourself down, son. Yeah, just... Come there's on. There's no need for any of that. There's no need. Um, I have freakishly pointy elbows. And you do. And I'd like to know what is going on there. What? It's what, just... What the situation is there. That's what's going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, femur would be... The one for me. And what's the weirdest fact you know? Art, uh, you have no idea how long I tried to think of what this was. Unfortunately, I have an idea because I sat through it. Yes. Sorry. Um, but I remembered. It. Oh no! No swords. Oh, ooh, <laughs> nearly, nearly, nearly went there. Um, so I learnt this when I was doing longsword fighting, and my uh, longsword teacher who, by the way, didn't appreciate me making uh, Hold Me Close to Tiny Fencer jokes about how short I was. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm really too short to effectively longsword fight, unfortunately. Anyway, no, so he told me this, and I'm going to... I'm Please don't don't get uppity about the, the very technicalities about, like, where this is or was the case or, like, the currency that was used, because I don't remember those details. This but is so much preamble story. I know, but it's really good. You'll enjoy it. So, um, back in, sort of, back when Germany was, like, city-states, right, mm-hmm. they, different city-states had different laws around swords that you could or couldn't carry. So some were, like, you can't carry a sword that is bigger than X, like X Eggs. amount. X oh. amount. God. Wow. <laughs> if your sword's smaller than an egg, that's a letter opener. There are different size eggs, though. Name one big ostrich. enough to be an ostrich. You think that's a sword? Have you ever seen an ostrich egg, Sophie? It's smaller there's than your up, head. one upstairs right now. Yeah, how big is it? It's smaller than my head. It's smaller than your head. Egypt. No, not eggs. X amount. X so amount. so somewhere like your sword has to be so big so that you can't hide it on your person. Mm-hmm. But others were like it has to be it can't be bigger than such and such because that means you've got a huge sword in our city. Um and so they weren't for that. And then other ones were like, um, you can only legally draw your sword if you're in an altercation or if you're in the city watch or something like that. And um, and my teacher was telling me about this series of laws that were instated in this one city state where um, you could have your sword, but it was illegal to show it off threateningly. Yeah. Right. So if your cloak was over, you couldn't go like. No, check no. me out. I've got yeah. a sword. So the first, the first one was like it was illegal to start a fight, right? right. Um, and if you started the fight, you would be fined like four guilders mm-hmm. or whatever. And then it became illegal to menacingly show off your sword because that was what people were doing to start fights without. Technically, I didn't draw first. 
officer, mm-hmm. I just let it be known that I would. So that became illegal, and that would, you know, fine would be, you know, for for guilders. And then it became it became illegal to lay your sword down on the bar, and uh-huh. that would cost four guilders because that was you know you're not showing it off but you are showing everyone you've got it and then it became illegal to put four guilders on the bar (laughs) (laughs) why are you looking disappointed i'm not i'm not (laughs) isn't that brilliant it's very very good it's very good yeah so that's my fun my weird fact it's almost definitely not actually factually accurate because I'm not the historian who knew that. <laughs> I'm the idiot who is remembering the historian who told them that. Mm-hmm. This is the last question. The last question. It's from J.P. Babington. J.P. Babington. J.P. Babington. J.P. Babington. And it's, would you be interested in my snake oil? <laughs> I've got a newspaper to write. <laughs> Get me pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> I don't think that he says it like that. He doesn't, but J.P. Babington would. J.P. Babington would. J.P. Babington. J.P. Babington says, Mm. given the universe is infinite Mm. and that God is infinite, would you like a toasted tea cake? That's another bratty question. Nerd. Also, how much do you hate your landlord? Oh, oh no! Oh, no. Oh, Monstrous oh. agonies, listeners. Okay, listen. Uh, you remember my housing stress that I alluded to? I do remember earlier in this in this segment. My landlord has been as good as somebody profiting off other people's need for housing can be. He lives in our postcode. He fixes things when it's his job to fix them. He respects our legal rights. All of this, the bar is on the ground. Do you know? Yeah. Like, like it is so low. But he treats us like like human beings, respects our legal rights, does his part of the job, doesn't charge us very much. And the fact that he has been what a landlord is supposed to be, if you must have landlords at all, has made an incredibly stressful situation fractionally less stressful. So right now I don't hate him. I don't actually hate that man. Yeah, it's just landlords. The the fact. The fact that landlords exist. And actually the people that I hate right now are estate agents and Airbnb owners. Yes, who are worse than landlords. Airbnb owners are worse than landlords. So much worse. So, so much worse. I mean, f*** landlords, Mm. but by God... Airbnb owners. Oh my god. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And just to clarify, we mean people who buy property specifically to use as an Airbnb. We're not talking about people who rent out rooms in their own home. I'm not even talking about people who, like... Have come into a bit of extra money and bought, bought a new house, a house, and then they have uh, their old property. That no, we're talking about people who specifically buy up property in an area mm-hmm. in order to substantially increase the rent mm-hmm. to profit off of the need for housing in our society. But the thing is, like landlords are profiting off the need for housing. Airbnb owners aren't letting people actually live in them. You yes. can't live no. in an Airbnb. It's just a, a, a house that's off the market. No, yeah. So that you end up having incredible demand for housing in a city that has enough houses, for example. 
I'm fine, J.P. Bennington. Thank you for your question. Thank you, everyone, for your questions. Especially J.P. Bennington. Especially J.P. Bennington. Yeah. And here we are, a couple hours later. All the questions are done. Huh! This is this is what it would feel like. I feel like as the as the understudy, sort of at the end of the mm. agony ant segment, being like, "Oh, I, I did it! I did it! I did it! Finally! Now I can go in the bath with my five hundred goblin shark plushies <laughs> and a big glass of wine, drunk out of a human skull." Yeah, yeah, but not drunk out of her human skull because her skull is not human. Allegedly, according to you. Moving on, we finished. We finished. Um, so really, I have a question. Of course you do. Which was, I believe, also my final question for the uh, first season Q and A. So it's a repeat. I'm sorry about that, but Ooh. this is what happens when you go on for this Hack. long. Hack. I'm a charlatan. Charlatan. Um, sound like Sean Bean there. Do it again. No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> good Bastard. Bastard. <laughs> my question. Is when can we expect Monstrous Agonies season three? Probably September. Probably September. Probably my September. My favourite month, probably September. Probably September. Um, no, probably September, because I'm going to do my best to actually take some time off, because last season I had a break. For about, what, two weeks, was it? One. <laughs> it was one week. There was one week where there was no episodes, and then I launched straight into the funky mini episodes mini breaks yeah and and didn't do any less work and didn't start season two with any of it planned planned the plot of season two three weeks into season two yeah i remember yeah i was there this slightly panicked video call yeah that went on for an entire afternoon what does it mean what does it mean what does it all mean no one knows but it's provocative yeah so um so i'm actually going to take some time off so the the week that we're recording there will be no ep- episode and then there will be the first half and the second half of the Q&A and that's to give um, my beautiful transcriber time to work oh, she's so beautiful she's so beautiful it's not Sophie um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and then there will be a proper actual break of I think four to six weeks wonderful I can't remember how long because I do want to do some more mini episodes. And I, well, okay. But, hey, but also actually no, no, have no, a break. No, no, oh. no. I want to do some more mini episodes after my four Starting six in weeks September. Off. No, season three will start in September. Right. Look, I did, I said probably-ish, okay. maybe. Come right. on. Work with me here. I follow us on Tumblr at Monstrous Agonies and Twitter at Monstrous underscore pod to keep up to date with announcements and news. And send Hero messages to tell them that it's all right to take time off and that they deserve a break. Yeah. I know. I just really like this show. I know you do. I really like making it. I've got some really good ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll all hear them probably starting September. Ish. Ish. Maybe. Sometime. Sort of. Yeah. Actually, October. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> and that's part two of the Q&A. Thanks again to Sophie B for joining me. And a very special thank you to our fabulous volunteer, Rachel, who produced the transcript. Hello to our latest supporter on Patreon, also named Rachel. Join them at patreon.com slash monstrousagonies or make a one-off donation at ko-fi.com slash hrowen. The inbox is still closed for submissions, 
But you can follow us on Tumblr at Monstrous Agonies and on Twitter at Monstrous underscore pod for updates on when it reopens for season three. This podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. The theme tune is Dakota by Unheard Music Concepts. Thanks for listening, and remember, the real monsters are the friends we made on the way. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.